And welcome to Pints and Politics, the second edition. Uh, Pints and Politics is a weekly discussion program of all things political coming to you through the facilities of Trent Radio, 92.7 FM in Peterborough. My name is Bill Templeman. In addition to this a broadcast radio show, Pints and Politics, is streamed live from the Trent Radio website, uh, the streaming link. Uh, we also have a podcast at Pints and Politics, all one word, uh, ptbopodcasters.ca, or just Google Pints and Politics Peterborough. And every Thursday, a motley collection of pundits uh, gather at the Garnet Pub, Aylmer and Hunter in Peterborough, uh, at about 5 p.m. for an extremely informal gathering where we talk uh, about whatever the political stuff people want to talk about is on the air. Uh, we post uh, on Twitter at Bill Temp and on the Cooperate Peterborough Facebook page. So if you're curious, by all means, join us. You don't have to drink beer. We also explore political culture, ideas, trends, electoral politics at all levels, and the practice of politics in, in traditional social media. However, the big news this week in Peterborough politics was the launch of Diane Terrian's campaign for mayor. The launch was held at ArtSpace uh, on Aylmer last Thursday, May 3rd. The gallery was packed with over 100 very pumped supporters. Here's what Diane had to say. Thank you all for coming out this evening. I'm really excited to be here with all of you in Peterborough on Williams Treaty territory. It's an honor and a joy to be surrounded by so many people who care so passionately about our city. And thanks to ArtSpace for hosting us. As Andy said, we hope to see you out here on Saturday night. Tonight, I'm excited to share with you that I'm announcing my candidacy to become the next mayor of Peterborough. When I think back four years ago to when I first ran for council, I felt compelled to run by the issues that dominated my life at the time. Arts and culture, environmental sustainability, active transportation, housing and poverty issues. I expected more from our local leadership and I saw the need for an advocate for these issues. So I put my name forward and then I campaigned tirelessly for the job, knocking on each and every door in town ward, listening to people from all walks of life, hearing their stories, asking them what they wanted from their elected representatives. And every citizen I met taught me something and helped me paint a portrait of our city as it is now and as it has the potential to be. Peterborough is an amazing place to live. We know this, we experience it every day. The rivers, the trails, the shops and local businesses, the artists, the hardworking people the sense of community. But sometimes, our local politics seems disappointing. Filled with too much conflict and too little inspiration. We seem to have fallen into a rut in which many politicians believe that the only way to affect any change or to make any policy is to draw up battle lines, manipulate the process, and quash dissenting opinions. So is it really any wonder why so many people are turned off by the political process? Why so many just dismiss the whole thing? Some of those in power rely on that disengagement as a way to push through their agendas. And their approach does little to improve the life of a young family living in a new subdivision, of a Fleming student trying to juggle loans and midterms, 
of a single mother just trying to make ends meet, or of a senior citizen who just wants to move around our city in safety and with dignity. The games some politicians play serve no one but themselves. We expect more from our elected leaders, more transparency, more consultation, more careful planning, more empathy towards the many different stories that play out each and every day all over our city. We expect more from the people who ask for our vote. We expect more from the people who sit around the council chambers and make the decisions that impact our lives. We expect more and we demand more. I expected more from city council when I first got elected. I thought that I would be collaborating with all of my fellow councillors, that through give and take and listening to each other, that we would have the opportunity to make a real difference. Gradually, I realized that that maybe wasn't gonna happen. Too many of my peers were locked into a pattern and often into a voting block that actively resisted collaboration and was at times even hostile to emerging voices and resistant to acknowledging and managing the rapid changes happening all over our city. When this reality became evident, I had a choice. I could have lowered my expectations, reconciled that this is business as usual, and settled into my job as town ward councillor, making sure I did just enough to get re-elected. But that's not how I'm built. <laughs> that I know, and it's not the Peterborough that we want. So, I am choosing to make a difference. I am a 32-year-old woman passionate about our community, and I am running for mayor because I have a clear vision of how we can move forward as a city. That's what I would expect from a politician, and that's what you can expect from me. We need to start focusing on the basics, and we need to make sure we get them right. My platform focuses on three fundamentals of building a strong community. Jobs, taxes, and infrastructure. First of all, jobs. Our city has experienced a painful transition out of a manufacturing-based economy. And while good jobs still exist in that field and we are open to new industry, we must recognize that our future employment growth will come from small and medium-sized businesses in emerging sectors. We are uniquely positioned to capitalize on this new economy, but we need leadership that understands this new economy. Our city is an attractive destination for investment, as we already know, but we need to focus on establishing Peterborough as a regional economic center. We need to leverage our educated workforce, our natural environments, and our proximity to the GTA. When it comes to jobs, we must expect more. The second piece is taxes and how your money gets spent at City Hall. Municipal taxes have increased by more than 30% in the last seven years. At the same time, our current mayor has overseen an increase to our city's debt by 50%. But here's what really matters. What do we have to show for it? Because of course, tax revenue is crucial for important projects and programs, and debt can be a useful tool. But again, I ask, what do we have to show for it? If you are asked to pay more, it is reasonable for you to expect more. 
And when it comes to how we spend your money, we must expect more. This brings me to my third priority, infrastructure. Council has spent millions on chasing vanity projects, on paying endless fees to consultants, while our basic necessities like roads, transportation, and sewers fall into neglect. A lot of our city infrastructure is aging, and we are overdue on upgrading some of our most essential assets, like our stormwater system, fixing our roads, and making our streets safer. The longer we delay these upgrades, the more expensive they will become. And we could begin immediately on building safer roads and creating better residential streets for families, particularly if we stop trying to fight an ongoing, expensive, and hopeless battle to build a bridge over a park. When it comes to infrastructure, we must expect more. And this is how we get it done. Jobs, taxes, infrastructure. We start with the basics and we get them right. And we get them right not because I or any one individual has all of the answers, but because we recognize the collective wisdom of you and all of us who call Peterborough home, working towards a common goal. You may disagree with your neighbor down the street. They may cheer for the Sens, you for the Leafs, may put different colored lawn signs out every election, but you and that person both want to see this city succeed. Just because you differ on politics doesn't mean you are any less caring. And just because you have different maps doesn't mean you aren't trying to get to the same destination. So let's move forward in the spirit of good neighbors. Let's end this idea that city building is a zero-sum game in which some have to lose if others are to win. We are all so fortunate to live here in this place, in this time. Peterborough is a great city, and it can be even better. We can expect more. Our best and boldest years are right ahead of us. I am still the woman who will fight for arts and culture, environmental sustainability, active transportation, housing and poverty issues every time. But the way we get them done is by focusing on the basics, jobs, taxes, and infrastructure. I am running for mayor because I have seen firsthand that we can and we must expect more from our local decision makers. And tonight I pledge to each and every one of you that I will work hard every day to live up to that expectation. So let's get to work. We have a big job ahead of us leading up to election day on October 22nd. But we are ready for that challenge, and I will work hard to earn your vote. Finally, there are some realities of campaigning. Campaigns need volunteers, and they need money. If you believe what I believe in, then please join me. Join us as a volunteer. All right, and that was Diane's uh, launch speech at the uh, Art Space last Thursday night. Uh, joining me now in the studio are two of Peterborough's more notorious political cognoscenti from Town Ward, writer, math teacher Tim Etherington, and from across the mighty autonomy and the deepest reaches of East City, communications consultant, podcaster, and writer Donald Fraser. Yo, yo. Welcome, welcome, gentlemen. 
Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Will Pearson, a writer for Electric City magazine, recently described municipal election campaigns as a confluence of ambition and ineptitude. Now, as, an, uh, as a former uh, municipal candidate, uh, election candidate, I cringed over that one. But, but you know, I, I saw nothing inept last Thursday at Diane's campaign launch. What did you two make of her performance and uh, what will be the impact of her campaign, uh, her announcement on the entire campaign? Um, well, it, it, Donald here, just so you can recognize the voice. Um, I was impressed. It was, uh, she, uh, she came out, she, she was, uh, she was confident with it being cocky. She, um, she was poised. She was, she was on message, which is, uh, really important. Um, she, uh, she was young without, um, seeming inexperienced. So there was, there was, there was vigor there. And, uh, yeah, I think for, uh, for her, uh, her first appearance, um, as a uh, prospective mayor, she did great. Tim, what about you? Yeah, I like how you used the word vigor. I, I, I should make a disclaimer right off the beginning that uh, uh, Diane is a friend and I'm a supporter of her, and I do not work in her campaign, but I was asked to help craft her speech. So um, I have no I had no responsibility for the content of it, but <laughs> for the wordsmithing, yes, I did. So I won't comment on that, but I like the word you used, uh, vigor, because that's the thing that struck me the most was the energy in that room. I didn't know what I was walking into that night. I wanted to see how it went, but there was a real feeling, which is, you know, politics is so much about momentum, right? It's so mm-hmm. much about the impression. And uh, as a launch for a campaign, it was uh, it was right on. Yeah. I was really interested. Um, I was interested in looking around the room and, and seeing who was in the room yeah. and uh, and which politicians were, were in the room. And, uh, uh, you know, that speaks volume as, uh, volumes as to uh, how seriously a candidate is going to be taken. And uh, I, I saw two, uh, two E-City candidates. I, th- I think there was three E-City candidates in there. Um, might have been. Yeah. I, I saw Paul Rellinger there, but then he was covering it as well. Oh, okay. Was that what Relly was yeah. doing? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a strange place for him. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, no, it was interesting to see a lot, of, a lot of politicos around the room. Now it's early days, but uh, what does Zion have to do to uh, uh, build first of all, and then maintain momentum? I think Diane's. Uh, initially, her greatest strength as a politician when she ran in town ward initially is the fact that she uh, actually does the legwork. And yes. I've been involved in politics for oh God, close to 30 years now. And my first advice to any candidate, particularly on the municipal level, is get out there and start knocking on doors. And if you think you've knocked on enough, you've got to knock on 50 more. It's a very difficult thing to do. It's a rare breed that can actually do that every single day and go up and hammer on doors. And I know both you guys have experience with that. I've always been the person with the clipboard standing next to the candidate. Um, and so what does that Diana have to do? She has to do what she's done before, which is actually get out there and meet people. Um, there is no substitute for a face-to-face connection in local politics. Yeah. Um, so meeting people. Um, right now, council has, um, you know, a bit of a reputational problem for not communicating with uh, with their constituents and and not listening and having public uh, consultations that seem to be one direction only. And uh, so. I think the more people that Diane talks to face to face and you know starts this rapport with, the better it's going to be for her. Uh, the other thing is is staying positive. Um, I think that if if she brings uh, the positive spirit that she has and uh, and and her ideals into this, uh, that's going to be infectious because her personality is huge um, and it's it's uh, you know it's effervescent. It's 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 you know you you really get kind of caught up with it when she's excited, you're excited, and so I think 
think she's got to stay positive, uh, stick to message. Um, council has been has been fairly negative for the last number of years, and uh, so keep out of keep out of the fights. Be positive and uh, and be yourself. Well, it's interesting, Donald. You mentioned the uh, the face to face aspect. I know I was out uh, campaigning in the last federal election. Uh, I was working on with uh, Miriam Monsef's team, and I was out with Miriam at, at a uh, community event. And uh, I had just had the experience of the year before of knocking on doors and meeting people. And it struck me that Miriam actually loves meeting new people. <laughs> and I was quite humbled because for me it was, you know, not quite like going to the dentist, but second cousin. Uh, how does Diane play in that court in terms of uh, meeting people, that instant sociability? Is that a, a strong suit for her? My my take on Diane has always been that uh, you, you know she's she's best one on one because mm -hmm. she has such a strong grasp of the issues. Uh, you get a sense of confidence when you speak to her about about issues. She really knows what she's talking about. Um, I was not as convinced until the, she gave that speech how she would do as much in front of a crowd and not because she's intimidated by a crowd or anything like that but I didn't I, I wasn't sure that that intelligence and that sincerity and that commitment translated as well to a large room though I saw a kernel of that uh, last week that I would uh, certainly find encouraging for her campaign mm -hmm. I was telling someone the other day about Diane one of her greatest qualities is that she actually listens. And Miriam has a similar quality. It's a very good quality in a politician. You know when you're talking, Diane, that she's actually listening to you. Um, and so a conversation with her always feels rewarding. Uh, you know, and, and part of the political hot sauce, right? If you can actually make someone walk away from a conversation feeling they've had a connection with you. Um, so I think that the, 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 the challenge for her is to translate that one-on-one -on -one ability that she has to a larger crowd. And of course, then the next level will be in a media as well. Yeah. And, and, well, and I think that's, that's going to shine some t at some point when, uh, when there, there's a debate. And uh, I think, you know, her ability to, uh, to listen is going to, to work in two ways in her favor. One is that she's going to respond really well to uh, her potential constituents when, when she's at the door or she's uh, at, at events where she's glad-handing. Uh, but at the same time, um, I, I think that she'll listen to, uh, to whoever she is uh, she's debating with and uh, and that's that, that's that can be intimidating because you start you start responding to what people are saying and starting to poke holes when you're listening in you're not just keeping to message and uh, you know it, it can be uh, it can rattle people um, but as long as uh, she, at the same time she she manages to stick to message while at the same time being able to listen and, and peel off and you mentioned debates of course then it gets down to you know, whom she will be debating with. Yeah. And of course, that's not set. You know, I think one of the misconceptions uh, in local politics, of course, there's a possibility the mayor will run again. And I think a lot of people who don't pay a lot of attention to politics, um, I, 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 you know, I, I'm not a supporter of Bennett, and I can certainly come up with criticisms of him, but I'd like to say something positive about him, is uh, he actually has a lot more charm than people give him credit for. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's got a good sense of humor. He's got an ease around people. And, I and think he's quite I, a singer, I'm told. I, I hear he's a magnificent singer, but just the way he works a room, mm. 
he really does, he really is at ease with people. And I think he's underestimated constantly about that. He seems stiff and wooden from a distance, but actually up, up close, he's actually quite personable. It's, it's funny. I've, I've, I've never been shy about, um, about criticisms of, uh, <laughs> of, of the mayor uh, on, on social media. And uh, uh, I'm one of those people who I, I stand beside what I, what I do with social media. It's my face. It's my name that's out there. And uh, as a result, sometimes you walk into the room and, and there's the mayor, who is not a small man. He's, uh, you know, and so this, this, this hulking gentleman comes up, hello, Donald. And you're just like, oh, man, what did I just tweet today? And, uh, and, but he's gracious. He's, he's incredibly gracious. And, um, and because of that, he's, he's managed to get a really good backing of people around him. Um, he, he, he is a community guy. And, and, and similar to Diane, he, 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 he listens. He, he knows. And, and he knows what, you, what you've been saying about him, good or bad. Um, so, yeah, I'm with, I'm, with, I'm with Tim on this one. You know, you should not underestimate what, uh, what Daryl's going to bring to the table. Okay, now, uh, both if. of you have been to many political gatherings in Peterborough, and your eyes travel across the crowds, uh, particularly at head level. You see lots of gray hair, uh, and uh, I'm wondering, um, given all the truisms about it's the, uh, the people over, over 60 who tend to vote most heavily, and it's the young people who don't vote nearly to the same degree how will diane play the youth vote like is that phrase in a sentence with the word peterborough <laughs> i mean do they go together uh, uh, our mp is Miriam monsef uh we we have a city councillor by the name of diane Tarian. um there were a lot of young people voting, and uh, and and I think that both uh, both those candidates uh, in in at both the municipal and at the federal level, wo- wrote, they really rode a a wave of of youth voting and uh, youth exuberance, and uh, there, there's nothing is going to stir up young people more than being pissed off, and I think that uh, for a number of years, um, younger voters have been ignored at uh, all three levels of politics, and and I think they're going to come out. Droves. We saw it last election to a certain extent, um, and uh, I've got a warning for, for for people running this time that um, if the youth are engaged, you know, you're in trouble. Now, another thing that uh, I find fascinating about uh, this coming election is uh, we've always played the game of politics happens at the door. It's the canvassing. That's where you have the contact with the people. Uh, Yet there's this growing phenomenon of online voting and social media. How does Diane's experience, her her social media profile, the fact that so many people who haven't voted in the past are active in social media and might be more keen on voting online as opposed to uh, Mayor Bennett's supporters? How does that play? It it has the potential to even the demographic playing field, I suppose. I should just say, you know, we shouldn't just say that there are old voters and there are young voters. I mean, it's quite more stratified across there. And in the last campaign, you know, I I worked in Monaghan Ward. And one of the striking things there was, I guess further you get out to the west, you know, before you get to the suburbs, there was an older community. But there were a remarkable amount of young families who had just moved to Peterborough. They had come here because it was affordable. Uh, They often worked from home or commuted to Toronto. And so when you talk about young voters, we're not just talking about the people hanging down Hunter Street. We're talking about people in their 30s with young families who don't really register 
in, in, in most people's purview because they're busy raising families and, and oftentimes working out of town. So those voters, while they may be categorized as young demographically, actually uh, have concerns that are shared more by your typical sort of middle-of-the-road Peterborough voter, which connects with what you just said about online voting. Um, the great unicorn in politics is to get young people to vote. And, you know, when I started doing politics 30 years ago, the first vice I got is never chase the young vote. It's a waste of time. <laughs> there is the potential of that changing because of the ease of online voting. But that's coupled with that's the public square now as well. And if Diane can capitalize on that, you know, we're saying she's just going to be against Bennett. We really have no idea who, who's going to run in this race. But... Uh, anybody who does run up against Diane has to be aware that if she does it right, uh, her social media presence, her ability to connect with people online could be a massive advantage to her because it's incredibly easy to vote. It's I was saying this to someone the other day. It's quicker to vote than it is to click through some bored panda slideshow on Facebook. And if people make that connection between their self-interest and thir 60 seconds online... Um, then we are going to see a very, very significant change in our elected leaders. I, I'd like to I'd like to th turn this on its head for a second because um, we're we're talking about um, the ease of communication uh, when it comes to social media, and uh, I want to flip that on its head by, by saying, uh, and, and you brought up doors before. Um, I take a look at at E City last election. Um, I, I was I was I was in the race, and I was against uh, a couple of guys who were at every single door twice. Um, That's impressive. Yeah, and so and, and so you do actually have an age thing that happens here. There 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 there's really only one demographic that has the both the time and the economics to do that. And and that's uh, people who are hitting an older older demographic. So where Diane might uh, have some really big advantages online, where, uh, say, a, a Bennett or, a, you know, someone uh, of a, a similar, similar background uh, may not have that advantage. You know, uh, people who have a well-oiled machine for ground troops and who are able to get to those doors every time, and not just the troops, but being able to be there to jump in when when someone has a question as an individual as a candidate, that that's huge. There's there's, there's a, a potential for a hybrid t style of campaigning. Exactly what you said, uh, and that person you meet them at the door could walk right back into their house or pull out their phone at that very moment and vote for you. Uh, I don't think anyone has quite you know figured out how to do that expertly, but that's certainly that's not an idea that I came up with. Everyone sees the potential in that. Um, but yes, I mean, Bennett goes to the senior citizen home and sings for them, and they all vote yeah. for him. Why wouldn't they? And, and, you know, being a candidate and making sure that in those last days that the um, that the URL for, for voting, you know, that website is in people's hands and on their fridges and on their phones and on their wherever is, is going to be huge, too. So that's, that's the strategy you're pushing at the end is making sure people know how to vote online. Well, Donald, Tim, thank you so much for this. Now, um, we've got about 60 seconds left, and I would be remiss if we didn't gently uh, sort of put a small toe into the provincial pool. Any comments about the debate last night or how that's unfolding? Uh, I'm actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hire an actor to, uh, <laughs> to give this, this answer for me. 
Is that, is that allowed? I'm not sure. <laughs> that's allowed. It's allowed. I, I watched the whole debate. I, lo- I, I loved watching debates. Right. And it was a fascinating, it was a very awkward format, all standing up and everything like that. Uh, you want my quick take on it? Uh, it was clear that Horvath won it on substance and on style. Uh, whether that's enough to win, that's a whole other situation. Um, I, I think Doug Ford betrayed some great flaws. He's got a heck of a lot of momentum. He's got the, the zeitgeist behind him as it stands right now. But boy, did he ever show some holes last night that uh, smart parties can exploit. And, other, and his basic hole is he, he doesn't actually, he's not able to answer a question because he doesn't actually have an answer. Yeah, and my advice to Andrea is keep your head down. Uh, don't make any sudden movements and, uh, and stay the course because uh, right now you, you have the chance to be a front runner and, uh, and, and a safe campaign would make sense. All right. Well, thank you again, Donald and Tim. Uh, just to close out, uh, we have a list of declared candidates uh, here in Peterborough. We have Northcrest Ward, Zach Hatton, Ash Burnham, Gary Baldwin, Sheila Wood, Paul Relinger, Keith Riel, Town Ward, Dean Pappas and Kemi Acapo, uh, Monaghan Ward, Dave McGowan, Tonaby, Kim Zippel and Ryan uh, Wambi. And then, of course, for Mayor uh, Diane Terrian. All right. There's no program next week as there is an all-candidates meeting at Artspace. The May 22nd program will be an interview with uh, activist Ben Wolf, And on the 29th and on June 5th, we will go back to the Ontario election. All right. Pints and politics. See you in two weeks.